Hey, this is Laura Whitmore with the She Rocks podcast, and I'm here in New York City, hanging out, having a cup of tea with the fantastic songwriter Shelly Pikin. Hi, Shelly. Hi, nice to be here. Yeah, it's great to see you here in New York. It's, It's a sunny but chilly day out. But anyway, we're here to chat about songwriting and digging into new things, and so let's start off by talking about the project that you're working on right now, which mm-hmm. I understand is that you are recording some of your own material. Right. Yeah, so right. sure about that. So in my songwriting career, I've had, I call them my handful of hits, because there's been about five that were really, I, I mean, I've had hundreds, thousands of songs recorded, but five which really charted and still sustain me. Um, I started out wanting to be a recording artist, but I got this little detour when people started recording artists, legitimate recording artists started wanting to record my songs. And that was a really nice diversion from my road because it was a time that physical albums were selling and you can make a nice, a decent living uh, even if you had album cuts with other people recording your songs. So I did that for many years and really, really enjoyed it. Um, I also enjoyed the aspects of not having to tour right. and not having to leave my bed every night um, coming home to my own home. So that's been great and loads of stories in between. But uh, it came to a time when I just felt like the business was changing. Um, My function in the business was changing. I wanted to stay creative in my middle age, my post middle age. And I just didn't see a reason why I shouldn't be. So I decided to um, finally make that album I always wanted to make. And I would record, reimagine, I call it, these five songs, um, and they include What a Girl Wants, Bitch, the Meredith Brooks Bitch, um, Chrissy Hines' Human on the Inside, um, Jesse J's Who You Are, Brandy's Almost Doesn't Count, and then the rest of the album would simply be songs that I've always loved that never got heard before, so... Whereas I think five years old, five years old, five years ago, I was sort of in a dark place wondering where I fit in. Now I feel like I'm having more fun than I've had in a long time. That's really great. You know, it's so interesting when, you know, some of the priorities of your life shift, you know, your kids grow up. You know, different things happen in your life. And yeah, that you, happened too. Yeah. And then you can like you focus on, well, what do I really want and well, it, I guess it adds new pressures and takes away old pressures, yes. you know, but it's but you, it's your choice. You so know what, Laura, nice. that's actually you, you'd think that would be a really easy question asking yourself, <laughs> what is it I really want? Because we're getting a little off topic here. But yeah, the other night good. I was trying to get to sleep, you know, and I I was I was having trouble getting to sleep. And I thought, let me distract myself from some of my worries um, and I thought, let's, I've got this beautiful future in front of me. Uh, What is it if I could wake up tomorrow and have anything I want, aside from a successful record? And what it was, you know, and, and I think it wasn't so easy to answer that question because 
sometimes I'm so afraid to name it because then when you name it, it's real. But, and if it doesn't happen, then you feel like you've failed for some reason that you didn't get to get that thing. But I made myself name a few things and, and they weren't, when I thought about it, they weren't that far-fetched, you know? I want to get through this year and, and do my record and get as many people to hear it as possible. That's a no-brainer. Of course I want that. But I thought, I want to spend more time in New York near my daughter, um, maybe get a place here, which I thought, that's great, you know, that's crazy. How could you afford that? Bop, bop, bop. I'm like, you know what? I saved my money on those album cuts. Maybe I could do this. You, life is one day shorter every day. Um, I want to take an acting class. I saw that show, The Kaminsky Method. Did you ever see that show, no, Michael I, Douglas? I oh, I don't want to be an actress. I don't want to be cast. I think it's a wonderful way to discover yourself, to face your fears, to find out what your vulnerabilities are, to put yourself in other people's shoes. Done. How hard is it? I live in LA. I'm going to take an <laughs> acting class. And I want to travel and use my miles and upgrade so I can lie flat and go international. <laughs> and what's so hard about that? I think I it's love a, that. You figured out. I'll travel, but I have to lie flat. Right. <laughs> but at this, I've earned it. I feel like I've earned it. I was a good girl. I saved my money. I never thought it was going to last forever. I ne Getting back to the music business, I never thought I was going to have a Max Martin single every month or every year. Those five I had, I'm very grateful for. Yeah, wow. You know, um, I, I you, when you're naming the songs that are on your album, I'm thinking, wow, those are all like, all really great, like female anthem type songs. Has that been your no, no, interesting? But no, you, what you write resonates in that area, though. I for guess sure. so. Yeah. But ask me to write one, <laughs> forget it. <laughs> ask me to write anything specific, forget it. I just freeze up. Really? Yeah. Oh, and when What a Girl Wants was hot, everybody wanted another. They were well, so cheesy coming out the second time. <laughs> everybody wanted another bitch. There's no such thing. You can't right. clone a song. Uh, you know what? Th there are some people, some writers who can, who can take a brief like that or a brief from film and TV or um, commercial advertising and write specifically for a brief or write a song for Kelly Clarkson and know her high note yeah. or know the syllable she likes to end her lines on. And I'm not judging that. I wish I could do that. I'd have a whole other, you know, mm. per, a whole other chapter. Um, but I can't. Yeah. I just can't. I was always the type of writer who said, you know, what's going on inside me? And if I was writing for another artist in mind, I could always find something that I imagined that artist felt that I related to, that common thread, mm -hmm. and try to write down that vein. But um, no, I just, I guess that's what came out. What a Girl Wants came out that day, and Bitch came out that day, and... and there, there's, there's sort of... I, I never... They might be um, empower, female empowerment songs, but I always thought that they were very... Um, identity songs self-identity yeah. songs right and bitch was as much 
Meredith as it was me. I mean, we took so many walks before we wrote mm. that song and we found we had so much in common that we sat when we sat down to write, we had that common line. You I know? love that song. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I probably know every word to it too. Thank you. So next time I'm playing it and I forget them, I can just like I'll look be to like you. Laura and I'll be like, well, second verse. <laughs> it's so fun. I played the Iridium last week on um, Victoria Shaw. She's a big Nashville writer. I don't even have to qualify that. People know who she is. Mm-hmm. She has a show on PBS called Vic, uh, not Victoria. Um, well, it is Victoria, but it's called Songwriters Under the Covers. And she has a couple of guests on every week. It just got picked up for a second season. And we all play. I was on with Shelley Wright, who was just amazing. What a gal. And we play um, covers. You know, I played yeah. Bitch. I played What a Girl Wants. I played Almost Doesn't Count. And, um, okay, I forgot what I was going to say about it. Um, what was your last question? Where were we going? I was just going? saying that I knew every word to you. Yes. And so <laughs> I played Bitch and all the women... Oh, wherever I put, they all know, they all smile, they yeah. all sing yeah. it. It's like a revival, yeah. and um, it's a great feeling because what's my job? I want to write a song that makes a difference. Yeah. I want to make write a song that shifts the universe in some small way that allows other people, man, woman, whatever, to identify it and feel better about whatever they're going through you know to keep them company through a chapter in their life and I feel like I did it with that song and it's still it's it gets licensed every week I just got I wish I could talk about the license I got last week but I, <laughs> you don't but, have to tell us. No, it's not like it's a lucrative. It's just special. It's a yeah. special usage. It's a special somebody else is going to sing it. It wasn't wow. the master. Yeah. And um, I'm just so delighted that it's mm. still, it never left the zeitgeist for some reason. Yeah. And I think with the Me Too movement, it's got a second coming, you know, so God bless it. Yeah, it's, um, but, I mean, even just singing it makes you feel empowered. Thank you. So good. Good for you. Thank good job. You. Um, what is so? What's your album called? What's your... So, you know, I I went through a couple of thoughts about that. I was thinking of late bloomer because it took me so long. <laughs> Better late than never. And I thought, ah, oh, I don't know. But somebody had said to me last year, so when are you going to make this 2.0? You know, What a Girl Wants 2.0. They mm-hmm. called it Bitch 2.0. I said, you know what? I love that. 2.0. It's, it's the second version. Yeah. But to be honest, there's been many versions yes. in between, but not from me. Right. Um, 2.0. It's the 20th 2-0 anniversary of What a Girl Wants being the first number one song of the century. Um, It's 2020. It stands, it feels, it felt very symbolic to me. And it resonated when I thought, hmm, 2.0. And then I put in et cetera for the other (laughs) songs that aren't 2.0. So it's going to be called 2.0, et cetera. Have you been playing these songs like all along? Do you play out? Like, play I do. Play? You know, I don't play with a typical band and do typical yeah. showcases. What I do is, and um, 
and I'm have one coming up. So if you're in Los Angeles oh, at the I beginning of in. March, okay. I don't know when this is airing. Um, you might want to edit out the, the okay. date, March if 4th. If you missed it, uh, she'll be coming around another right. time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do a one hour. It's, I call it stand-up humor about being a professional songwriter. And it's um, funny and it's heartfelt and it's sad. Mm. Um, and it's a journey from when I started out to where I am now. I should tell you it has a happy ending, <laughs> but there's some darkness in between. And in between the stories, I weave my handful of hits mm -hmm. and a couple of other songs through it with my acoustic guitar or if there's a piano around, I'll incorporate that. Um, I'd love to one day be able to three camera film it and mm -hmm. try to sell it as a doc. There's so many interesting documentaries out there. When I go to Netflix and I'm in the mood for a doc, I might scroll yeah. through and see something that I wasn't looking for that I think that'd be kind of interesting. And I just imagine that people might think that that's confessions of a serial songwriter, mm -hmm. an interesting enough, provocative enough title that people would, will watch it. I, I do the show. I see people cry. I see them laugh. I know they're entertained. And they're not all musicians out there. It's like anybody that ever had yeah. a dream about wanting to be right. something um i think appreciates it so you wrote a book of, with that title I that did. was nominated for a, a grammy and best spoken so, word like, share about yes. that experience that's, so that's amazing i wrote the book about four years ago and it was after a dark place in my life where i saw digital streaming rates just hijacking songwriters sustainability our income streams from physical copies were no longer and that's where the middle class of songwriting was because if you didn't have a big fat hit on terrestrial radio that's the radio you just put on in your car fm or uh, you you couldn't make a living off of an album cut anymore um and i felt I was okay because I had had some of the hits during the gold rush. And as I said, I saved my money, but I, but I didn't feel that I could sustain myself moving forward or younger people coming up would never be able to know how they had second jobs, third jobs. I also felt that, you know, when I started out, I was in my twenties and everybody was in their twenties. And now it's like a few decades later. And do I really want to write about the same things that the younger people I'm still in the room with want to write about. Is this meaningful to me? And it's no judgment on them. They're young. They should want to write about that stuff. I was just, where do I fit in here? You know, I had just raised a daughter and I had my freedom back and what do I want to do? And I felt pushed out in certain circles and I felt, you know, there were, there were young people that would be in the room with me every day if they could. And then, um, a lot of them, of course, wouldn't want to be. And because of technology, there were so many more quote unquote songwriters out there because you didn't necessarily have to be a musician. And the competition was fierce. Mm -hmm. When I started out in New York, I felt I feel like there were like 30 of us, you know, and we 
got called and now there were just so many and we were being replaced every day every five years there was a new crop of songwriters so I started writing about it and posting and blogging and this turned into what um my friend Ronnie Schiff who I met who edited for me said you know I think there's a book here and it's not just a collection of anecdotes she said there's an arc mm. here an emotional arc here of your journey and gave me a couple of pointers about tone and grammar yeah. <laughs> I learned a lot about grammar <laughs> and vocabulary and a thesaurus and um, we brought it into Backbeat at Hal Leonard that was a division that was starting to mm -hmm. publish mem music musicians memoir and we got it published and somebody suggested I think it was Kaylin Frank at Disney who's a good friend she said you know you should narrate this and yeah. submit it as an audiobook for the Grammys I was like Kaylin are you crazy she said no you should definitely do it and I thought that resonates yeah. you know when somebody gives you an idea if you if you're sort of not compelled by it then let it go it's like yeah. Marie Kahn right. with the with the does it bring me does joy it brought me joy yeah. it brought me joy <laughs> so I did it I narrated the book and I wound up submitting it and it got nominated for best spoken word with Carrie Fisher Neil deGrasse Tyson um, Bernie Sanders and Bruce Springsteen yeah, so amazing. yeah and I didn't win the Grammy but honestly you're in good company I that's a win for me a yeah. lot of people say no you can't say that you've got win the Grammy to be a win. Wow. No, that's a win for yeah. me. Uh, Bitch was nominated for Best Rock Song. One Headlight won. Yeah. I still feel like yeah. you get a nom. It's right. really hard to get a nom. Yeah. And that was back when there wasn't social media and you couldn't promote yourself. Right. It worked itself, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I was very proud of getting nominated in that category. It was a beautiful year for me and a validation that when you're in a dark place, it's temporary and there is a way out. And the way out is to follow your truth. Write about what matters to you, whether it's a song or a musical or a memoir. If you're a creative person, stay, you know, follow that truth be authentic and the universe responds i really mm. believe it does so i think so too like sometimes it's so interesting like you were saying earlier if you say it then it's out there in the universe and sometimes that's super powerful i think i mean it's a little terrifying too because you're making some sort of commitment to yourself but you know saying this is this is what I want. This is where I'm going to go. I'm going to try this. Like, I don't think that's so If powerful. it's not terrifying, it's probably benign <laughs> and boring and beige. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think the things we're afraid of, I mean, I don't want to say, okay, so I'm afraid of jumping from a plane wow. or, or, you know, I, I don't want to put myself in a position where I'm terrified every day and my stress level is up to here, but... Things that I've always dreamt that I wanted to do that I fear, I think are worth pursuing. When you did the audio recording of your book, did you just do that in your own studio? Or? I did. Yeah. My husband is a film and TV composer, so we oh. had a studio. I hired an engineer who had done audio 
books yeah. before because it's different. Yeah, I'm curious the, about the, that. The yeah. parameters are different. The, um, the P-pops, the, the little spittles that come yeah. out sometimes. Somebody has to listen for that. Ronnie Schiff help produce it as well um the timing in between the chapters the little bumper music i mean it's a whole different thing and i'll tell you what else was tricky i have a very breathy voice and i have an issue with my vocal cords when i talk too much and when i sing too much my the quality of my voice changes Mm. from smooth to really raspy and sometimes i don't even have a voice which has become a real challenge for me to be aware of how I'm speaking and how much I'm singing and vocal health and what I'm eating and when I'm eating because I could not have different chapters sound like different people. Right. I had to cancel a lot of, reschedule a lot of sessions because it had to sound like the same woman in chapter one as chapter 24. So that was a whole learning experience too, how to record your your audiobook. Yeah, that's so interesting. Was that released just like digitally or was there a CD of it or um like, do you no. know? <laughs> I had to think about that. No. Like was it something people can listen to on, on Audible? On Audible. Yes. Audible. Okay, right. Yeah. Right. But yeah. that's not a CD. It's no. digital. Right, it's digital. Right. You download it into like your phone or right. whatever. Yeah. And then the book was a physical copy. You could it was in bookstores. The first day it was out, I was in New York City and I ran over to Barnes and Noble and there it was. I was like, oh my God. It was like a hit record. Yeah. That felt like a hit record. It's so interesting. You know, I, I have other friends who are writers and have written a lot of books and you know the the book industry has somehow been able to maintain its like pricing structure and value to people so it's it's it hasn't fallen down the same slope that the music industry has well a a lot of the family owned the smaller stores have closed um thank god there are people who like the experience of turning pages and feeling the the texture of a page and Smelling a bookstore, there's a certain <laughs> aroma owed to bookstore. That but even when you buy a digital book, like it's still like you know a decent amount of money that you're paying for the book, right? You know, so at least that market is still like knock on wood, knock on wood, right? Whatever, we got some wood right here. <laughs> so, you're you know, I am I uh, subscribe to your newsletter and Thank I you. get your blog uh, alerts. And did you start writing your blog before? You started writing the book, or yes, I just want to say your blogs are awesome. Thank like, you, thank you. And anybody listening, ShellyPiken.com, sign up. I only send one a week. I don't want to bombard people, yeah. um, and I try to make the content um, relevant, humorous, not too wonky. Um, I do a lot of advocacy. I talk mm-hmm. about that sometimes because we need supporters um songwriters musicians they don't need to support me they need to support themselves so i let them know what to do when it's time to do something but mostly it's like a day in the life and it's funny laura because when i was trying to get the book published before i had a publisher i spoke to a a a book agent 
And she read some of the book and she said, you know, um, you definitely have a voice, but you need to start a website. You need social media presence. What's your Twitter following? I was like, Twitter? I don't have any Twitter following. And I'm thinking, oh my God, does this really matter? And it does. Before they even read your first 20 pages, they want to make sure you have a presence. She said, you need to start a blog. You need to do, and I thought, oh my God. But you know, that's how I am. At first, I think to myself, that's crazy. That's absurd. But then... I process what they're saying and why they're saying it. We, we, we live in a whole new world and you can find your audience through social media. Say what you want about it. It's a powerful tool. And I actually found a wonderful audience. People I've made friends with, people who meet me in different cities if I'm going there to, to speak, who I've been just chatting with on Facebook for five years. You know, oh my God, that's what you look like. Give me a hug. Um, so I started the blogs. I, th- I said to myself, okay, I know what I'll do. I'm going to have this book published in 10 months and I'm going to write a blog a month to keep people engaged. And then as soon as I have the book published, I can stop. But it took a lot longer than 10 months. And I got panicky. I said, well, those are the only 10 blogs I have. And then I thought, girl, (laughs) what are you saying? You never have a new thought? There, You have a thought bubble an hour. Yeah. Keep your phone near you. I'll hear a song and I'll think of a blog. I'll hear about digital streaming and how they're paying us and there'll be a blog. I see an interview with Taylor Swift, and there's a blog. Um, There was so much to say. And so I just thought, Shelly, you can write a blog a week. Um, You can, why are you putting a limit on this? And so they started coming more freely, even after the book came out, I haven't stopped. Mm -hmm. So the book came out in 16, it's four years later, and I find no trouble writing 600 words about something I'm passionate about every week. And um, Yamaha has asked me to do a monthly blog for them on creativity, which I also do and find extremely cathartic. So writers write. There's, you know, you there's always something more to write about. There's always another book and there's always another song when writers say to me, but I gave that song away and then someone recorded it and it wasn't a hit and I'll never write another. What are you talking about? <laughs> there's always more. Yeah. If there isn't, I was at a school a couple months ago and this kid came up to me after I spoke and he said, you know, our next assignment is to write a song about a story. He said, what do I do if I have no story? And I wanted to give him a hug and say, don't be a songwriter. Do something, do yourself a favor. I don't know any writers who don't have endless amount, a well of stories. So... The answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> I forget the question now, but okay. <laughs> it was like, did you start the blog yeah. before the book? Yes, but it was okay. The long-winded. So, you know, as you're speaking, I'm thinking, you know, as a songwriter myself, like I find, I find when you start to become in tune with 
the things you hear on the radio, what people are saying in the news, what people say when they're speaking, you hear great lines everywhere. Yeah. You know, it's just being in, tuned in the into that. And I think as a blog writer, which I do as well, you're right. Like, as long as your consciousness is turned on to the idea like that I could write a blog about that, like I have something to say about that topic, then the ideas are endless. Right. They just, you just have to receive them. I you think know? you just put it in a, in a way I, I never thought of it. it. It's as long as you're turned on. Mm-hmm. As long as like you're open yeah. for things to fall for you to consider, we have to examine, right? Mm-hmm. We're always examining ourselves where we should be. We're works in progress until the day we die. We're never done, mm-hmm. right? So our minds change. Um, there are so many more things I want to write about other than music and maybe I'll venture someday. Maybe I'll start once a month. I'll write about um, how much more woke I feel than two years ago. By the time I write about it, I'll be ridiculed for using that word. <laughs> Some reason that word is going to be biased. I don't know. But, you know, I never thought of myself as um, prejudiced in any way biased in any way but with all that's going on in our country right now we all have to look at ourselves you know and 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 ask ourselves when when I'm walking down the street and I see somebody that doesn't look just like me does it occur to me somewhere inside that they're not like me with even without any judgment does it occur to me? Do I see them as a person of color? Do I think they're Asian? Do I think they're African American? And is that bias? Or is it just noticing? I mean, it's, it's good to ask ourselves these questions. Do we treat people? I feel like in this age, I treat everybody that's different from me better. I smile more. I am more welcoming. If I see in my neighborhood a gardener who looks like they may be Mexican, I am overly nice, nicer to them. I smile. I let them pass. That is, that's not good either. (laughs) Because I've talked about this and people or minorities have said, we don't want that. Mm -hmm. We want to be treated as if we are, not as if, as the equals that we are, you know? So what is that reverse race, reverse, but it's crazy what's going on. I think it's trying to unravel all these conscious and unconscious elements that are part of you for all these years that we've lived, you know, things just affect the way you react to anything people subjects colors songs and that's this is a new conversation that we're having right and and it's worth writing about and worth writing songs about and it's just limitless as the world revolves and as we evolve there's never nothing to write about, which doesn't mean we can't have writer's block because <laughs> that's just psych, you know, psychological in yeah. many ways and we all ebb and flow, but it all comes back. I will say too, 
I pretty much 100% write about music in some way um, when I write my blogs, posts. But, for example, for Valentine's Day, I just felt like writing a blog post about love. And I was okay. So what? Sure. If it's on my music blog and it's not about music, you don't have to read it if you don't want to. Good for you. And... Sometimes our audience will forgive us for wanting to. Sometimes they'll love you more. (laughs) They'll love you more. They will love you more. They'll say, "Oh, she's not just one dimensional, (laughs) right?" Yeah, I let myself do that once in a while. I, 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 I don't get into politics, and oh boy, it's not because I don't want to take a stand. I think that more people should. I think you know. I love Bruce for taking a stand and not caring who he loses. Barbara Streisand, you know, uh, people of both sides, if they take legitimate, clear-headed stands and not being afraid of losing half of their following. um, I just feel like when I go down that route, my whole thread gets hijacked by trolls and haters and I just lose my plot and it's you know part of it's what were you trying to accomplish did that help you accomplish that thing or did it just make (sighs) make it worse make it worse I don't know yeah it's hard to know I mean I'm with you I I consider that myself many times because I have very strong opinions about what's going on but you know I have to deal with you know commerce and sponsors and all these other audiences that may disagree and you know we have to think about those consider things consider them because we live right. in the world you know right um but anyway so let's get back to music yeah um so i'm super psyched to hear your your new songs your right. new interpretations of your songs right. ha- have any of them come out yeah i think they have so right? um what a girl wants 2.0 uh, was released February 7th mm-hmm. and uh, we've got a video that's coming Ooh. I actually did a video um, you know I didn't think I wanted to do it I thought oh you know I'm not a diva I can't wear a garter belt and a push-up bra you know it's like and that's another subject you well, know yeah. that just makes me so mad that'll so we're, a, we're trying we don't want to be objectified <laughs> and what does that do ladies um but the video was a lot of fun um and we're going to i did a uh gosh i i i i just want to i'm just going to say this first time on the air i did i recorded a song called human on the inside that chrissy hind recorded in 1997 and on a whim a few weeks ago I emailed her and I said you've just spirited me through my life and I'm just gonna ask you would you consider singing backup vocals on my version of your song and she said yes yes see you put so, that out into the yes <laughs> so Chrissy Gondiam Hind is singing backup vocals with me on my version of the song that I wrote for wow, her that's isn't amazing. that crazy that's so it's cool. like the biggest artists are the ones the most iconic ones are the ones that say yeah no problem hard to get in touch with others yes. yeah. um I'd love Brandy to sing on almost doesn't count but it's getting close to the wire because we're almost yeah. mastering so um I worked on most of the album with Eve Nelson who's a who's part of the two percent of producers who were women mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in 
the country. She is amazing. Uh, just so creative. And she's been my friend for many years. I only approached people whose company I enjoy, whose creativity I trust, who don't yes me to death, mm -hmm. who accommodate me, but tell me when they think I'm going down the wrong road. Uh, bring it down a key, Shelley. You know, too many chords in this. How can we bring it into the 21st century? Um, so she did most of the album. Uh, Wally Gagel did one song. And Phil Thornalley in London, who is a great artist himself, um, he wrote a song called Torn with, um, oh, yeah. with Anne song. Previn and Scott Cutler. Um, writer's credit uh, <laughs> a few years ago. But he's still, he's a journeyman. You know, he's doing it. I had some wonderful people play on this album with me. Kasim Sultan played bass on a couple tracks. He plays with Todd Rundgren since the 70s and Utopia. Um, Adam Dorn played bass. Janet Robin in L.A. played some guitar. Mm -hmm. Hamish Anderson, an Australian bluesy, rocky guy who whose song I heard on KCRW a few years ago and I became like a groupie, yeah. a fangirl. He's wonderful. I don't want to leave anybody out. Um, it's just been a great experience. You know, I finally feel like I'm in the artist seat where I'm thinking about how do I want this to sound? Um, forget about how it sounded on the record. That was a hit, although I might have loved it and I'm grateful for it. How does Shelley approach this song? How can I best put it in a different light? Right. Um, and it's been wonderful. You know, I have, I, I feel like there are young people who like what I'm doing because it gives them a reason to feel like they can have some longevity in the business. Mm -hmm. And some of my more mature friends dig it dig it <laughs> where have i where am i from because they are also they are also inspired to stay in the game yeah that there are other roads to go down yeah. you know i still co-write um for modern records um i'm in the room with 20 year olds and 30 year olds um and i enjoy that although i don't do it five days a week like i used to mm -hmm. It's just not realistic, but I still love the process, and I don't think I'll ever stop. Um, I just realized there, I can't do that every day and be happy. Mm -hmm. I need to tend to me. Right. Yeah, well, well, it's been such a pleasure Thank to you, speak Laura. with you. We're so excited to hear your music Thank and you. tell people how, where they can find out more. So um, I'm on Spotify. I'm on Apple, Deezer, Tidal, Amazon. Um, it's Shelly, S-H-E-L-L-Y-P-E-I-K-E-N. My website is ShellyPiken.com. I'm on Instagram with an underscore in between my first and name. Okay. They can we'll find me. You down. Yeah, please do. We'll Sign up for my blog. Great. Yeah. Thank you for doing that. Uh, thanks this so This has been much. so easy. Yeah. We talk good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody.